Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. What day of the week is it? Hardly thrilling. It's thrilling. Thursday. Thrilling. Thrilling. Thursday. Thrilling subject. You don't sound thrilled about it. All right, fine. I'm thrilled. Okay, thrilled. Oh, great. It's just Thursday. Thursday. It's more than just another Thursday. All right, then. Come on, thrill me, chill me. Showtime. Well, it's certainly good to know that the liberal trolls are still at work on our website in the polling. Did Mike Pence win last night's debate? Right now, it's 54-46, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. Meantime, even the lefty, now nowadays, lefty website, the Drudge Poll, had Mike Pence winning 72-28. to 28. <laughs> So... Uh, good to know. The uh, lib trolls here in the upstate are uh, alive and well. Hello, fellow patriots and liberty lovers everywhere. Great to have you along as we get rolling here on a uh, Thursday, penultimate workday of the week edition of the Bobby Mack Show. And uh, for your listening pleasure today, a number of guests will be joining me along the way later in this hour of the program, about a half an hour from now, following Annie's newscast at the bottom of the hour I will be joined by Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn, uh, representing the state of Tennessee. She is, of course, along with uh, our own little Lindsey Gramnesty, a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And we're going to be talking with Senator Blackburn about the upcoming battle over the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Then, of course, in the 4 o'clock hour, our usual Thursday get-together with Drew McKissick, from the South Carolina GOP, and we'll be talking, I'm sure, at some length about the special broadcast tomorrow coming up on uh, Russia's show. Uh, it's going to be a, a virtual radio rally. Uh, Rush announcing today that President Trump will be holding a virtual radio rally uh, tomorrow afternoon on his show, and more details on that are uh, coming up. And then... Uh, right after the news at 5, as we kick off the 5 o'clock follies, uh, my friend uh, Bill O'Reilly will be joining us again. We're going to follow up on uh, last night's uh, VP debate between uh, Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, you know, you can, you, it was issue-driven uh, to a degree last night. But look, you know, the, the Democrats have refined lying 
to uh, beyond even an art form. It's now a science. I mean, when Kamala Harris and the Democrats lie about Abraham Lincoln's position on whether the Supreme Court uh, should, uh, whether the Senate should hear uh, a confirmation hearing for a Supreme Court nominee uh, close to an election. And she just flat out lied and said, well, Lincoln said, no, you shouldn't do that, uh, that close to an election. Lincoln never said any, any such thing. They uh, hesitate to tell you the true circumstances, the, uh, situ the historical situation that Kamala Harris was talking about was the nomination of uh, a vacancy, to fill a vacancy on the Supreme Court 27 days before an election. Now this was in 1864 when people traveled on horseback, uh, by buggy, by carriage, by stagecoach. Uh, they, they traveled on uh, steamships, sailing ships, Railroad trains, that was it. And to try and, and the Senate was not in session. They had already ended their session for that term. To try and get everybody back and, and have a, a confirmation hearing and a vote was virtually impossible. And I mean virtual in the real sense of the word, not virtual as in the 21st century meaning of the word. But, you know, they just, they lie about everything. And the other thing about Kamala Harris is, let's face it, she's not a very likable person. And she did a bunch of mugging last night, you know, shaking her head and smiling as if, no, that's not true. And, of course, dodged answering directly all the big questions because Kamala Harris and... Uh, Dementia Joe don't want you to know their real position on stacking the Supreme Court, on taxes, on a lot of things. So what do some of the uh, focus groups think? Pollster Frank Lutz, uh, Frank Lutz has been around for a pretty good while. He does these focus groups. He found the participants, his word, overwhelmingly believe Vice President Mike Pence won Wednesday night's debate. Now, you and I can debate the merits of, of whether or not any, any minds were made up, uh, any votes were switched or changed as a result of last night. Probably not. But the optics of uh, winning the debate certainly count for something. After the debate was over, Frank once asked for a show of hands as far as who won, and told everyone they had to choose one way or the other. No one was allowed to abstain. Democrat VP candidate Kamala Harris received two votes out of the 15 undecided voters who were there. The rest went for Mike Pence. When once asked them why, the answers included Mike Pence was more factual. I felt he was a lot more composed, and I wasn't a fan of her continued facial expressions. See what I'm talking about? You know, her mugging for the TV camera and shaking her head. She just, she's, she comes across as arrogant, which she is. 
and just not a very likable person, which is why her own presidential campaign collapsed. People just don't like her personally. Other comments included uh, Mike Pence had command of the issues. Harris didn't look presidential to me. And if there is one factor in, in the VP debate this time around, it is the uh, age of Dementia Joe. He's 78. And the obvious examples that we've seen of how he rumbles, mumbles, bumbles, and stumbles his way. You know, one day he says 200,000 people died of COVID, and last week he said 200 million died of it. Other answers included Harris struggled to put together coherent reasons for different questions. One person who said Harris won said, I feel she cared about the people and she looked presidential. Mm -hmm. Making a, a judgment based on feelings. There you go. Uh, another said Pence had straightforward answers, even if I don't agree with him on politics. When asked to use one word or phrase to describe Pence, the group said presidential, robotic, he could be president, even keeled, presidential, uh, bland, professional, unsympathetic, calm, cool, typical politician, comfortable, no emotion. When asked to use one word or phrase to describe Harris, uh, the group used words like evasive, nervous, focused on the past, shifting blame, caring, snarky, and sarcastic. See, there we go again. Too rehearsed, nervous, evasive, again, abrasive, unsteady, rigid, and unpresidential. Overall, a big issue was Kamala's annoying facial expressions, that's a word used by the panel, and evasive answers, most especially her refusal to answer the question about packing the Supreme Court, a question uh, that uh, the guy who was the head of the ticket, Joe Biden, also refuses to answer. The complaint about Kamala Harris once said was that she was abrasive and condescending. Maybe that's the uh, the critique and the criticism of her because Kamala Harris is uh, abrasive and condescending. 16 after 3 here on the Bobby Mack Show. Take a quick break here and uh, right back with more on the other side. The Thursday edition of the... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Bobby Mack show jam-packed with guests as we press on here on WORD. Welcome back. 321 here on the Bobby Mack Show in on the text line. Bobby, you can't say the words on the air that I would use to describe Kamala condescending is far too kind. Evil starts getting closer. Bobby, if you listen to all the questions that were asked at the uh, debate, not one question related to Joe Biden and his record. Not one question was directed toward Kamala Harris and her record. Every question that was asked seemed to put Mike Pence on the defense of Donald Trump. Once again, he was debating Harris and the moderator. If someone could tell me one tough question that was asked to Harris, I would be shocked because I heard none. Well, no wonder when the moderator, Susan Page, just wrote a slobbering biography of Nancy Pelosi Something has got to be done about this Presidential Debate Commission. Blow it up! Who put them in charge? Let's, let's get some in, truly nonpartisan independent group to... Uh, do, or, or even better than that, let's just have a debate and have the two candidates there and not have a, a quote, moderator, end quote, at all. And, and let the two contenders go at it. To the phones we go, uh, heading to Spartanburg and uh, leading off today with Craig. Hi, Craig, and welcome to the Bobby Mack Show. Craig, are you there? Hey, Bobby Mack. There you are, sir. Hey, Bobby Mack, how are you doing today? You know, it's me, keep it real. Yes, sir. I have a couple of, que- I have a couple of questions. Okay. Uh, why, why does the Crypt Keeper, Nancy Pelosi, have to pull this trump card out now she's had three and a half years to do it and now she's pulling it out now and why did chuck schumer didn't didn't disgrace cuomo all the deaths in new york and what the debates why can't president trump have a debate with joe biden in virtual 
and just not answer any questions or keep him to a one sentence, let Joe Biden hang himself. And why can't we have debates with a Republican, a Democrat, and maybe just someone from the common people? Yeah. Well, to answer your questions uh, in order, Craig, uh, Pelosi is pulling out this uh, implementing the 25th Amendment, which is nonsense. She's pulling that card out now because it is representative of the level of desperation that the Democrats are in over Amy Coney Barrett going on to the Supreme Court. It's a threat to uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, they, they, of course, you know, the Democrats would prefer to tear up the Constitution, and she believes in it. As far as Schumer not being critical of Cuomo, uh, they're both Democrats, and and that's one of the cardinal rules. That's one of the cardinal rules of being a Democrat. You know, what you you shall not be critical of another Democrat, and and they stick to it pretty much. Yeah, but Bobby, let me ask you this: There were twenty-four thousand deaths in New York, right? Yeah. From the COVID. Yep. Now, isn't that 24,000 votes for sure? Well, look, I, I think anybody that's paying attention realizes uh, just how uh, how much guilt Cuomo is responsible for. The, there is blood on his hands when the state of New York, using his directive, using Governor Cuomo's directive, shipped those seniors who were infected with COVID from hospitals to nursing homes uh, where the most vulnerable people were. And as a result, uh, who knows how many people died? 20,000, 30,000, something like that. And now he wants to deny that it was his mandate, his directive that was responsible for that? Unconscionable. But where were the, where were the Democrats? How come nobody stood up against them? Well, you just answered your own question because they're Democrats. <laughs> but you know, they're folks. Yeah, they're they're always <laughs> they're, they're, life, they're, they're, they're always going to cover themselves. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Greenville next and bring in Tyler here on the Bobby Mac Show. Hi, Ty. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for taking my call again, Bobby Mac. Yes, sir. Um, so you know, I don't know if you remember last time I called, but I told you I was 18 years old and I'm a proud Republican. And let me tell you, last night. That was proof. That was why I'm a Republican. Every single thing that Kamala Harris could say about the Trump administration, Mike Pence came prepared. I was so proud of him, and honestly, I feel even better about this election because of his performance last night. Yeah, me too. I I, 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 I second that feeling, Tyler. And you know, I, I uh, it to me, it reconfirmed uh, President Trump's judgment in selecting Mike Pence Definitely. in the first place. Definitely. And, you know, um, one big thing I wanted to bring up was my favorite comment. My two favorite comments of Mike Pence's last night were, for one, the whole, uh, Senator, you are entitled to your own opinion, but not your own facts. That was awesome. Yeah, one of my favorite lines, too. Had that been a full crowd right there? Right. Had that been a full crowd right there, they all would have been, it would have been a standing ovation right there. And then my other favorite quote was when um, she said, well, you know, the president has worked with neo-Nazis and and he said, well, he's got Jewish grandchildren. He's got <laughs> Jewish people in his family. And, um, I mean, let me – that just proves right there how stupid this narrative is. Because, yeah. I mean, honestly, if he was, if he was anti-Jewish or, what is it, uh, anti-Semitic, 
Right. Don't you think he would have not allowed a Jewish person to be married into his family? I mean, come on. It's well, another you, round of BS. You, you don't. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it is, is merely another round of BS. Another of my favorite lines last night was when uh, Pence cleverly worked in where they were uh, talking about uh, the uh, the the common Democrat refrain that uh, President Trump has done nothing for uh, uh, exactly. to help people through uh, coronavirus, which is nonsense. And and then, she, you know, when asked about what they would do, what she described was exactly what the Trump administration has all essentially already done. And Mike Pence said, it, you know, hilarious. what you're talking about sounds very much like uh, what uh, uh, President Trump is doing. Uh, it, it sounds almost like you've plagiarized what he's doing. But then that's something that Joe Biden knows a great deal about. Oh, boy. Exactly. Yeah, that was awesome. But I, I did want to say one more thing. Um, you know, I know there are probably a lot of conservatives that are considering not voting for Lindsey Graham. And I went through that stage for a little while, too. But I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you all right now, the president has told us to vote for him. The vice president has told us to vote for him. The fact is, is if we want if the president gets reelected, if we want another great four years and of reforms, of changes, of all of our lives to improve, we need to vote for Lindsey Graham on November 3rd, just like we would President Trump, just like we would for um, William Timmons and Greenville and Spartanburg, of course, right. and down the ballot. Let's, let's right. get some great conservatives in office. Yeah, but that thank is. Thank you so uh, much for taking my call. I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate it. And uh, for an 18 year old, and, and I don't mean to, you know, be pandering here or anything. Uh, but for an 18-year-old, that's a very mature outlook. 329 here on the Bobby Mack Show. Annie is ready to go to update the news. Uh, coming up on the other side, I'm joined by Tennessee uh, U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn, who's a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee that is uh, getting ready for yet another battle to confirm a Supreme Court nominee. And she's right there on the Judiciary Committee. Coming up next here on the Bobby Mack Show on Thursday on WORD. Welcome back. 3.37 now here on the Bobby Mack Show, the uh, Thursday afternoon edition. Friday is uh, is typically a, a big show anyway because we have the Friday free-for-all. And, of course, uh, El Rushbo uh, also does uh, his uh, equivalent of that. And uh, tomorrow's is going to be uh, even more special with the uh, announcement earlier today on Rush's show at the uh, beginning of his program. Uh, Rush talked about how tomorrow President Trump would be holding a virtual radio rally on his show. Uh, the announcement said, I'm thrilled to announce that our commander in chief, President Donald Trump, will be right here tomorrow hosting the largest virtual rally in radio history. It will be special, and I'm really looking forward to it. Rush said he would post uh, more details about the event on his website later today and that listeners would have the opportunity to submit questions for the president. Uh, Rush said, so be thinking of things you might ask him today and then get ready for the largest virtual rally in radio history tomorrow. And of course you will hear it right here 
on WORD. 22 minutes now before 4 o'clock, and uh, we welcome to the program Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. She is a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee that will, of course, next week uh, be hearing the uh, nomination of uh, Judge Amy Coney, uh, Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Uh, Senator Blackburn, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. One Starkville alarm speaking with another. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am so delighted to find out you've got a Starkville tie. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I do. I am, uh, in, in addition to other things, Senator, I'm a recovering meteorologist. And, uh, and I studied meteorology uh, at the home of the Bulldogs, Mississippi State. Well, there you go. Well, then we share an alma mater as well. And, you know, the Bulldogs have their ups and downs when it comes to football, don't they? Yes, they but do. here in South Carolina, you've got some pretty good teams to go cheer for. Yeah, we got a pretty good one uh, right down the road in uh, the Clemson Tigers. Senator, nice of you to take time to join us today to talk about uh, the sure. nominee, uh, Judge uh, Amy Coney Barrett. She could not have you. It would be you'd have to search high and low to find a more distinguished CV or or biography of a nominee to the Supreme Court. I mean, uh, she uh, she has been involved not only uh, at uh, the federal court level for the last several years, but has been continued to teach at Notre Dame, uh, where she teaches, among other things, constitutional law. Phi Beta College, uh, Phi Beta Kappa at Rhodes College as an undergrad. And, and really, you know, as far as qualifications are concerned, Senator, once I heard that uh, the Judge uh, Justice Scalia had selected her to clerk for him, as far as I was concerned, that, that pretty much was, was all that I needed to hear. Well, I think you're exactly right. And I thought it was so kind of the Scalia family to be present with her nomination in present yes. with her precious family of seven children and uh, her husband. It was just a really a sweet event and I'm so pleased that I'm there. And I tell you, I give Lindsey Graham, your senator, my chairman at Senate Judiciary, a tremendous amount of credit for pushing forward with the nomination of Judge Barrett. And also I will say of the other 223 judges that have gone through in the past three and a half years under President Donald Trump. And yeah, that's huge. Chairman Graham's, yeah, Chairman Graham's later leadership has been invaluable, and it it is going to leave a a a mark on our nation and a benefit to our our citizens for decades to come. He has done an incredible job in filling these vacant judicial positions. And yet we see the uh, the angry attacks from the left uh, during the, the last confirmation hearing on the appeals court, uh, Senator Feinstein uh, saying uh, in regard to uh, ACB's Catholicism, uh, the dogma is strong in you. And yet uh, is Senator Feinstein unaware of the fact that constitutionally a religious uh, screening or a religious test uh, cannot be used? I, you know, I don't know. I found that to be so interesting with her comments. And, of course, 
they should know that a religious litmus test mm-hmm. is constitutionally prohibited. Absolutely. You cannot do that. And what they're trying to do is to villainize Amy Coney Barrett because she is a constitutionalist attorney. Now, yes. The media goes after conservative women who are pro-life, pro-family, pro-religion, pro-business, pro-military. I know a little bit about that because (laughs) I am one. Right. And uh, they are just going to try to rip her up one side and down another for being a woman of faith. But let me tell you something. If we are in a position where being a woman of faith and taking your children to church every Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. is a disqualifier for serving on a U.S. federal court, then God help us. But that is what they are trying to do. She is highly qualified, as you said, and uh, respected and supported by her colleagues that come both from the left and the right. They talk about her strength of character, her intellect, her experience, and how qualified she is to take this post. Yeah, and it's and it's despicable to hear some of the attacks. There was somebody on the left who actually was critical of uh, Amy Coney Barrett and her husband for adopting uh, two minority children, two children from uh, Haiti, uh, and and saying that uh, that Judge Barrett and her husband were using these children. Uh, as pawns, as, as as some sort of uh, just uh, an act, and those uh, those kinds of attacks are are just absolutely despicable. I mean, they they do something good to try and help an underprivileged child and adopt them into their home, and and the left is going to attack them for that. Oh yes, and they even have gone so far as suggesting that we need to delay the hearings and have the FBI investigate the adoption. Can you imagine putting these children through an FBI investigation? But see, here is the thing. The Democrats are going to do whatever it takes to block her getting on the Supreme Court. And they're going to say, oh, she may vote against Obamacare. Well, it's not about Obamacare. It is that they have this radical, left-leaning, 100-day agenda, their first Mm -hmm. 100 days. It is to implement uh, socialized medicine and take your health insurance away from you. It is to start implementation of the Green New Deal, which would do away with fossil fuels and also do away with fracking and would begin to take beef and cattle and meat out of your diet. Uh, They want to open up the southern border, health care for illegal aliens, citizenship for whomever comes in and raises their hand and says, I want to be a citizen. Free health care. Yes. They want to uh, pack the Supreme Court, do away with the Electoral College, abolish ICE, D.C. statehood, statehood for Puerto Rico. Now, that's their first 100 days. (laughs) And, yeah, and then Joe Biden says he is going to repeal the Trump tax cuts and he is going to raise the corporate rate to 28%. So 
you know, they are going to be aggressive on this. You noticed last night at the VP debate, mm-hmm. they would not answer the court packing question. Right. They would not talk about what they were going to do with uh, socialized medicine. Uh, she didn't want to talk about what they were going to do with the Green New Deal. Even Susan Page told her, said, well, now, Senator Harris, your campaign website says you support the Green New Deal. Right. And he was just sitting there trying to disavow it. They uh, wanted to say Trump had done everything wrong with COVID. And I was so glad that Vice President Pence called him out and said, look, what Joe Biden has done to say his plan for COVID is our plan for COVID. He basically has plagiarized our plan and the things we're doing. But, Bob, here's the thing. They never once mentioned, and they don't want to talk about what happened with the swine flu. Right. With the H1N1. Yep. It took them from April when HHS said this is a health care uh, emergency, and it took them until October. See, they went from April to October yep. before they declared it a national emergency. 60 million Americans got infected and had the swine flu. Thank goodness it was not deadly right. like COVID-19 is. But Donald Trump took action immediately. He closed off travel with China yep. immediately as, new, as soon as he knew there was a pandemic. And Biden and he Pelosi criticized him for doing that. They said he was xenophobic for doing yeah, it. Right, this he was racist. Travel yeah. with the EU. Again, they said he was xenophobic. And then they had to start shutting up about that. It's amazing you can make Nancy Pelosi shut up about something, isn't it? <laughs> True. And, um, but they stopped talking about that. And then they started to say, well, but he's hiding information. No, he wasn't. They did a briefing every single day. Sure. To the point that the press started to say, Look, just, you know, instead of doing this every day, why don't you call us when there's something new? So (laughs) that's what they did. And now they're being criticized for that. The the root cause of all of this is they never accepted the results of the 2016 election. And to this day, Hillary Clinton is ticked off at herself because she conceded that race. Mm -hmm. She feels like. If she had hung in there and fought him, that she could have won. So they never accepted the results. They created all of this Russia collusion. The documents that have been released this week, and again, thank goodness Chairman Graham has worked to get some of these documents released and us at Judiciary to hold our hearings. He has been fantastic on getting to the bottom of this Russia collusion collusion mess. They made it all up. They spied on a private U.S. citizen, the Obama DOJ. They had a meeting in the Oval Office on January 5th, January 5th of 2017. Yep. Carry forward, then spying on the president of the United States. Yeah, there were many, there are many who would call what uh, they were involved in treasonous. Yes. And, uh, you know, Now you've got Andrew McCabe, who's decided he doesn't want to come talk Hmm. because Comey, Rosenstein, and Yates have said they didn't know anything was going on. They didn't hear anything. They didn't see anything. 
they didn't say anything. They were totally uninvolved. Yeah. But the John Brennan notes show that James Comey knew, Barack Obama knew, and we've been trying to figure out the whole time who cooked up this Russia collusion plan, mm-hmm. who gave the order to carry it out. And, and now we know. Dirty work. Right. Hillary and Clinton, it that's, looks like, cooked it up, and John Brennan said, let's get going on it, and James right. Comey said, I'll find a way. Yeah, when, when the, the nation's top law enforcement agency and its intelligence agencies are weaponized against a private citizen and then against a presidential candidate and then against a president of the United States, we've got big trouble. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. Senator, you were there for Kavanaugh. How bad is it going to get for Amy Coney Barrett? It is going to get bad. But, you know, we are prepared for this because we know the mainstream media Mm -hmm. is, we know what they do to conservative women, like I said earlier. Right. We know that they are trying to villainize her right now. And the more we talk about her attributes, the more her friends step up. And I really appreciate that, that her friends are stepping up right Mm -hmm. now and saying, don't you say that about her because you're not telling the truth. Yeah, they're showing some courage. I appreciate that. Yes, they are. And it doesn't matter if they're liberal or conservative. They're going to stand with their friend Amy. And God bless them for doing that. And she, we are going to get her confirmed. And uh, Chairman Graham has said we're moving forward uh, without interruption. We're going to start on Monday. We will finish on Thursday. Excellent. On the 22nd, we mm-hmm. will vote her out of committee. Committee, And sometime that last week of October, we will confirm her to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, we look forward to that and we will pray for that result. Uh, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, who's a member of that Judiciary Committee. Senator, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, know that there are many of us here in South Carolina who will be uh, praying for the outcome that you just just described. Well, I tell you what, y'all got some mighty good senators. Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham are two of my favorites. And Uh, They are doing good work, and they sure appreciate the good people of South Carolina. I hear them talk about it so regularly. I'm in a Bible study with Tim and just Mm -hmm. really do appreciate his heart and the work that he has done trying to deal with uh, police reforms and racial justice. And, of course, I think our nation and the people of South Carolina, I tell you, they are just so fortunate to have someone with such resolve for getting to the truth and doing the right thing as Senator Graham has. I just am grateful that he's our Judiciary Committee leader right now because you know what? He does not put up with any silly business. And that's that's a really good thing. Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. Senator, thanks so much for your time today. And, uh, go, and go Bulldogs. Go dogs is right. <laughs> Take care, Bob. Talk you to too. You Bye-bye. Thank you, Senator. Seven minutes now before four o'clock here on the Bobby Mack Show. We've gone a bit long here, so I have a feeling we're going to have an exceptionally long commercial break, and then we'll head into the news as well. More to come here on the Bobby Mack Show on Thursday on WORD.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.